so much for tuning into this episode of the Black Alice Podcast. I'm Kyle. Chris. And today, we're talking about critical thinking. Before we get into critical thinking, we got some business news stuff we got to get out the way. TikTok, the deal with Oracle, it's all over the news. Everybody's covering it. If you don't know what TikTok is, I don't know where you've been for the past few months. It's the next app that's been taking over all marketplaces, a whole bunch of little kids dancing, doing things that you might not want to see. So if you're not on the app, I understand why you're not on the app. But definitely, from a business standpoint, if you're trying to start building a brand, you should definitely start looking into TikTok. But Chris, let me let me hear a little bit about the deal, bro. I honestly should have researched it a little bit more, but Chris knows the facts, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah, so when this deal first came out, and with the whole Trump controversy, like he wants the U.S. to have and sell it China, mm-hmm. I'm thinking TikTok's going to legitimately be handed over to the U.S. Right. Apparently, that's not the case. So Oracle has it, Walmart has it, but they have a percentage stake. Mm-hmm. Oracle has like 12.5, Walmart has like 7.5. Mm-hmm. So U.S. companies in total have a total of 20%, which means this is still majority Chinese-owned. The whole thing here, and what it seems like to me, is that it's more like U.S. companies trying to get on the bandwagon bandwagon of this thing that's about to blow up, but mm-hmm. it's Chinese-owned. So although Trump like forced China's hand, mm-hmm. it's really only to make it like, can the U.S. get a piece of what's about to happen? Because obviously we've seen TikTok blow up. I think the U.S. has like 100 million users. Mm. I think they have like well over 500 million users worldwide. Mm. But in the end, it seems like China, with this whatever algorithm they're running, it's about to blow up to a new level, and the U.S. can, can only get a piece of it. I got you. Because I know that overall, like, even if it was coming to the U.S., even like based on what the original deals was talking about, it was going to be like a TikTok U.S. Mm. So I feel like it was still going to be like the regular TikTok global where they do whatever TikTok does in China and other places. But then they're going to have just like a U.S. TikTok mm-hmm. kind of company. But now you're saying that it's really only 20%. Is that the entire company or just TikTok U.S.? I think, okay, so they have like 20% of TikTok global. And gotcha. then they probably run operations entirely for TikTok U.S. Actually, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's, that. that's exactly what I was thinking. But regardless, TikTok Low is going to be like the head, the head thing, and with ByteDance, that's like the parent yeah. company of the whole thing. It's just funny name, ByteDance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole, the crazy thing about this, is like, this AI, it's more like a what's the right term? It's a capitalism. I don't know the exact word for it. Mm. Uh, now, in terms of what, like data. I, I'm gonna have to look up the term. Keep uh, yeah, talking yeah, look, about the deal for a second. Look but that up. That's a very but, important. Yeah, like. The thing that I didn't really understand about the deal, but now that you put it into perspective, I'm kind of starting to see a little bit more, is this whole idea of U.S. companies wanting to get a piece of the pie, especially with something that could potentially be one of the next biggest social media apps out there right now. Because every kid between the ages of 15 to to 18 Mm -hmm. has TikTok, and they probably use it more than they use Instagram today. They probably use it more than they use Facebook. And it's funny now, because we always make fun of people before, like, oh, you're so old, you're still using Facebook. But now we're about to be in the age where it's like, oh, you're still, oh, you're still on Instagram. Mm-hmm. What's what's Instagram? Like, I've been on TikTok for like the past mo- few months. I don't even use my Instagram anymore unless I'm going on there for like just a little bit of laughing giggles, you know? Exactly, and I got the term too. So, mm. and it ties in perfectly with that. So, when you think of Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, mm. all of these companies have one thing in common, and it's their ability to, although they're social media apps, it's their ability to take data with TikTok. Uh, I knew about data. And the term I'm, that I was I couldn't remember is called surveillance capitalism. So it's basically providing capitalism to the consumer, but with this whole niche of data is being used to learn and understand more about the consumer and then also to make like better decisions. And what 
TikTok does that no other social media app can do. It's just like if Snapchat was here, Instagram was here, TikTok is like light years above in terms of surveillance capitalism and their ability to take data and use it for the consumer. That's why it's so addictive. Like you're scrolling, next video, you're like, damn, this is appealing to me as well. Whatever they're doing, the algorithm, whatever China, ByteDance, or the CEO, they've mm. figured out the optimal way to do surveillance capitalism. You know, it's crazy too, because if you think about the whole infrastructure and the fact that videos are 15 seconds, you know, the short videos, and then you have like the 60 second videos, Think about how fast they're collecting data. Mm -hmm. on, on like Facebook or Instagram, you might be on a post for like 30 seconds, might go through the comment, might do like a whole bunch of extra stuff, but you're not as quickly collecting data as TikTok is on the fact that each time you scroll, you're on a different user, different content, different audience, different like demographic. So they're probably building like this, these like, uh, like architect, like archetypes, right? So it's like this person loves this. Now, once they start to bring in the, the what really drives social media platforms, which is the advertising, which you know they're testing right now with the like annoying TikTok emails that they send out to people about TikTok business, they're getting ready to create basically the idea of you know you're a business, we have the best platform for you to convert mm -hmm. on your on your ad spend, mm -hmm. and that's gonna easily, from a U.S. standpoint, that's that's bad for Facebook. So Instagram and Facebook is already bad, you know. Bad for Google, because now everybody's like, I mean, you know, the next generation is on TikTok. That's why I was wondering, why is Walmart involved in this deal? But Walmart is probably like, yo, if we don't get in on this deal, we're probably going to lose a very big, you know, opportunity to get a large amount, a large audience to follow us. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of it like, yo, Walmart is really moving tactical, very tactical. Bro, and even outside of Walmart, I don't let anyone tell you differently. There's a lot of speculation on why Trump wanted to do this, and this is literally the reason. It's because of the ability or the capabilities that this will provide for any company that has it. And this is more foreshadowing how China is going to be at the head of AI. Oh, well, let me not go too much AI, but this surveillance capitalism idea mm -hmm. and their ability to use people's data to make future decisions. Nah, China's already been on time, bro. Like, even, like, how they maneuver. Like, the, the whole data idea in China, like, that's literally all they do. Mm -hmm. All they do is collect data at a level. I remember even on one of the like, earlier podcasts we did, we spoke about specifically the data aspect and how China literally, they're just they're crazy. The, the, mm. the tech scene out there is way wilder than U.S. I don't care what Silicon Valley thinks they got going on. They're like babies compared to what they do in China when it comes to collecting data and this idea of surveillance capitalism, which the first time I heard it, but I'm happy you brought it up. Nobody's on that timer, bro. Nobody's on that timer. I even saw a video where, like, now, if you even cross the street at a red light in China, there's, like, cameras out, like, it's like a social mm. score, black mirror type yeah. thing. We might have touched upon that earlier as yeah. well, but it's, like, that's where it's at now. That's, like, the level China's at. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what implications this has in the future, but we know that Walmart and Oracle are doing this to try and get a piece of this pie that's really about to cash out in the future. I'm saying. Do you think that, this is a question before we move into the next topic, yeah. do you think that TikTok will be bigger than Instagram and Facebook? Without a doubt. Absolutely. You, you, you no generally feel so? I would put my entire life savings and your life savings on it. Like there's Dang, just, that's, that's a lot of life savings right there. One, you could see, so if you just use historical data for any company, you want to see like where it's going to be. And you saw mm. like the amount of users it was able to get in a certain amount of time. Like mm. the amount of users on TikTok now, globally and in the U.S. alone, is within the short time frame. Obviously, it's been out for a while, but within the past year or so, how much it's blown up, mm. that, that's going to allow you to project where it's going to be. Mm. And the fact that this has gained political attention, this I mean, everyone knows about everything with with TikTok. It's like clear that this is something that 
has blown up and we're what's the right word we're kind of in the calm before the storm like we we haven't even seen what's about to come from this but I mean, I mean, we got, we're going to get into I don't want to spend yeah. so much time on TikTok, but like, there's a lot here that got to be unpacked. Because mm. my thing is, what? where can they take the platform next? Because I understand like they have the 50-second videos. They got the 60-second videos, you know, short, long videos, cool. But still, 60, 60 seconds is a cat right now. It's a very short video. Then they have the live feature that they brought mm. in, you know, I don't know if it was mm. recent or, you know, a few months that. ago and stuff. They have lives. Where can they go next? Can they go to like a TikTok TV kind of vibe, like Instagram TV, you think? Definitely TV is one probably obvious route. I think it's going to be like any other social media app. In mm. hindsight, it's going to be like, oh, duh. Mm. And TV kind of sounds like one of them. But Snapchat didn't always have the whole news features and yeah. other uh, other things that they have now. Or Instagram just used to be photos. So it's like probably too early to tell what's going to come next. Mm. I am interested, interested to try and think about what that would be. Yeah, that's that's for me too. Like, I just kind of want to speculate because it's like if we say it now and it happens, like we're yeah, kind of like geniuses, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's like we we kind of <laughs> predicted see. the future type vibe. I mean, with the whole creator fund, they want they want to bring they're bringing more attention to this thing. So it's like mm. people who had social media platforms before, influencers, are obviously a big space. So it's like we're gonna actually reward you now for using TikTok. Mm. So obviously, influencers will be on it. But then that opens a bunch of other doors because an influencer is anyone who's just bringing more attention to any other product or service. For sure. So TikTok could be used for, I could see a TikTok marketplace one day. Or for sure. like, yeah, no, that, that's definitely a step I can see. But too. these are also still like pretty typical things. I think whatever they do come out with, we might not even be able to predict it because they're going to get all the data. Yeah, it might be that while, yeah. They're going to get the data, have all the archetypes that you're talking about before and be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. What if TikTok have like a you know how you can scroll? What if it's like that but like shopping? Like every time you scroll, it's like marketplace was like a different vibe though. You just yeah. scrolling, and mm-hmm. like you just getting caught up in like oh wow this is a nice shirt bye. Mm-hmm. But it's the same type of vibe as a TikTok. You just keep scrolling and scrolling like this infinite scroll idea, which is yeah. Because right now on Facebook Marketplace, obviously you search what you want, mm. connects you with people in the area who has it. Mm. But TikTok's different because it's able to like. It really kind of, it knows it's you. A, it's addicting. And I was literally watching, uh, did you see the documentary, Social Media Dilemma? You guys see it on Netflix. Nah, I, I heard about see it. it. I heard about it. it it's though. beastly. It's beastly. Yeah. And there's the whole idea of like how, I don't even want to spoil it for you. It's basically everything you're saying right now. How addicting your scroll is and how it perfectly customizes it to you. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you're just living in your own world. Like it's yeah. like, it's literally made just exactly for you. Mm. So it's like when you're scrolling, it's like, oh man, this is funny. I like this. I like this. Of course you like it. It's the stuff that this you is, like. Yeah. They know you. I, I've even seen some people say how like TikTok starting to read their mind. And I've actually experienced this myself. It's like, Nah, Obviously, they're not literally reading your mind. Nah, but I, it's think, like, I feel nah. Matter of fact, now you said I'm actually scared because I, I experienced that too. Bro, it's like the it's like I was thinking about something earlier today, mm. and this is just an example. And then I'll see it come up, and then mm. I've also heard other people say the same thing, where it's like, oh, just thinking about this, and it's something completely random. But then like it appears on their for you page, and it's not because like they're actually reading your mind. It's like they already have all your tendencies, habits, and like things that so you they like. Know what you're gonna think? Technically, they know what you're gonna think. So. If you brought that to the marketplace, it might get to the point where you're swiping. You're like, oh, I didn't know I'd need that. But now, I, now I do. And so, like, we'll, we'll see. But the yeah. biggest thing with the whole the U.S. deal and how it relates to this is they wanted Oracle, Walmart, whatever company bought it, and the U.S. Mm. in general, they wanted that algorithm piece of it. They're not getting it. Mm. That's That wasn't something that was straight over the deal. Mm. So that algorithm is, is going to be... Like, that's like the secret. China, that's China. like the Krabby Patty formula. Nobody's gonna give away the Krabby yeah. Patty formula. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm getting it. 
And in terms of also, like, um, I think that one of the biggest things, too, I feel like was a part of the deal that I think I read was that they wanted the U.S. data stored in the U.S. Mm. I think that was one of the biggest things that Trump and his administration was trying to push. I really don't feel like they cared that much about the ownership of it. They're just like, listen, we just need the data here because we don't know what you're going to do with the data mm-hmm. over there. Which and I feel like is, it was their main point. Yeah, and I mean, one of the moves they did was uh, having a U.S. citizen be a CEO. I think it was a former CEO. Of Disney. Oh, yeah, I seen a guy. I seen it. Uh, Regardless. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, there was something with Disney. And then, yeah, they're also having, like, servers in the U.S. I think they have a headquarters in, like, Texas or something like that. So they're, they're yeah. doing everything they can to make it uh, as appealing or seem as safe as possible to the U.S. market. But at the end of the day, don't let, don't let the story get twisted. Like, mm-hmm. it's still... That's a fact. It's still in China's hands. And the thing is, this is just a piece of advice, people out there. If you're not on TikTok right now, I feel like if you want to like build some type of media presence, I feel like it's definitely a good space, a good move to start contemplating. Some guys talking about, I mean, Granty has a million followers. He's talking about making 4K a month off yeah, of TikTok. And I feel like, I don't know what that happens in the back end, but there's a lot of big creators who talk about, like, yo, they're making, like, bread off mm. of it. So I feel like TikTok is, like, once you get to a certain, like, point, they probably reach out to you on some time and, like, Yo, well, we're willing to do a little sign, sign, sign if you keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Kind of vibe. I don't know. I'm. This is my speculation. I don't know the facts. I don't know what these creators are doing, but they're having like these huge creator events and all this wild stuff that's going on in the TikTok marketplace. So I feel like it's it's definitely gonna be lucrative. Right now, it's still very early. I don't want people to end up in a YouTube mindset where it's like you start YouTube five years after the boom. Mm. You could have been lit. Definitely you not. Been lit. It's a good time to hop into something that hasn't blown up yet. Nah, but let's transition right now to this Coke. You know, the only reason I want to talk about this really is just because ju- it was just funny to me when I seen it. That's why I wanted to bring it up. But apparently, Coke is starting this hard seltzer. I remember there was a time I didn't even know what a white claw was. Mm. Now I see it all the time. Mm. I, you probably have more experience. I mean, I wasn't really in the college party scene too much. So you probably have been new white claw since the origination of time. Yeah, now nah, once white claw came out, it kind of blew up. It was like, mm. uh, I don't even know the right way to describe it, but once it came out, it was out. It was there, yeah. Everyone was drinking it. And then even once Bud Light Seltzers came out, so which isn't as good, mm. but like that also blew up as well. So this whole hard seltzer thing is mm. definitely something people like a lot, myself included. Mm. And I think whatever Coca-Cola makes is also going to be good. I think it's interesting that a company, I mean, obviously they made, mm. they've been making drinks for, for years, but now they're hopping over into alcoholic drinks. I don't know if they, they had alcohol I mean, before. They didn't have alcohol, but they had drug drinks. They used to have real cocaine in it. We didn't forget about that Coke. That's Remember when fact. you had cocaine in your drinks? That's Nobody f- forgot about that. <laughs> now you want to hop back in a little, a little casually on somebody. Yeah. You saw some alcohol. Like, bro, you've been selling <laughs> drugs before. Like, all right, we can sell alcohol. Nah, definitely. So, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out regardless because hard seltzers are just popular. But my thing is, I'm not really a fan. Like, it's just honestly, I'm like, this is my opinionated time and I've been on some serious time. But like, I'm not really a fan of hard seltzers. I don't know why. Like, I'll do it. Like, like you don't like a white claw? Like, not really, bro. Like, mm. when I drink, it's like I'm drinking salsa. Like, I know it's hard salsa, yeah. but it's like, I don't know. I just, I don't See, know. I, I actually, have a strong. I need something real strong. Bro. I actually don't like seltzer water. But you're like. I mean, it's entirely different, but it yeah. is a seltzer aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. But I do enjoy white cloth. For me, when I drink, I just feel like the seltzer is just very overpowering. So I feel like, mm. I don't know, maybe Coke might come with a little different rendition, but I do like the business move, though. I feel like mm. Coke, Coke saw it, it's like, White Claw? Yep. Who, who, White Claw? Mm. All this nonsense is like, nah, nah, we're going to get money in this market, too. Mm. And honestly, the way the college scene is set up, I feel like Coke is going to destroy it. Like, oh, absolutely. No disrespect to White Claw. What's that another one? Truly? You heard about Truly, that? Truly, yeah. Of Truly, course, right? it's a lesser White Claw. It's like an off-brand White yeah. Claw. Yeah. <laughs> 
They might have been out first, too. So they're like the white color. Truly, you don't have the capital. You're not fighting Coke. Like if Coke literally wants to come in and literally buy like a whole packs and send them to colleges, they can do that because mm-hmm. they have the capital and they'll kick literally white claw and truly out the market. That's why I'm saying I feel like Coke being a little bit of a bully in my personal opinion, but it's business. They're a little late to the game though. It's you like. It's like but they, they might a regular be non-alcoholic that's hopping into alcoholic. Mm. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know because Bud Light is very renowned, and then mm. they hop into the space, but they're nowhere near. They don't have that mm factor that White Claw has. So Coca Cola also massive conglomerate, but I don't. Mm. I think it might a too late to the game, and b like White Claw, like for lack of a better word, has a monopoly in this space. I get you. So it's more of like the, I feel like the lifestyle around what the light cloth, what a white, I said light cloth, what a, the lifestyle around what a white claw represents will always be more dominant than anything a Coke could prevent. Because if you think of Coke, you're like, I'm not drinking this little Coke. I'm a, yeah. I want a white claw. We're going to get lit tonight, Tay Bob. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, if Coca Cola comes out with some fire, that would have, it would have to be, it would actually have to be like very elite. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, whether you drink a claw or a Coke, I can't even think of a word for. Well, you know, like what they're gonna name it? Nah, I don't even. Let me look it up real quick, though. I like whether you chat. drink a claw, a Bud Light seltzer, any type of hard seltzer, like. It's probably some some nonsense. Let me see. White Claw is gonna always have like a place. It's a uh, Coke. It's just called Coca Cola. Wait, top. Wait, what? That's just Coca Cola. I'm not bugging, right? Let me even go to pictures. Guys, we're just looking up right now. We're trying to get get the facts out there. We're not trying to spend no BS. Topo? Did that say? I'm not bugging. That's a T. I'm not bugging, right? Yeah. Oh, Topo Chico. Coca-Cola release Topo Chico. All Topo right. Chico, hard salsa. That looks kind of fire. Kind of looks like a white claw. Look it up, look this up right now. Yeah, nah. Check it out. I mean, if you're 21 plus, you know, if you're doing a little legal activity, don't talk about it. But if you're 21 plus, you'll definitely go check it out. They're comparing it right here to, you know, white claw truly, just like we were just talking about. Topo P- Nah, I don't like the name. I ain't going to lie. The name is trash. You like, what are you going to say? I want to... I want to. You'll pass me a Chico. Pass me. Ah, yeah, okay. Pass me a Chico. Pass me a Chico. Okay, I get you. Ah, it might have been. Honestly, we'll see what happens. We'll be the first one to review it when. when yeah, honestly, drops. matter of fact, when it drops, we're gonna drink it on the podcast. Literally, we're gonna. I'm when we get, as soon as it drops, we're going to have a full case, and we're gonna bring it on the podcast, and we're gonna try it out live. Let you know how it is. But um, yeah, that's basically all, that's basically all I have for the business section. I don't know if you have anything else. Nah, besides Nike earnings went crazy. If you want to talk about that for a little. Yeah, I mean, Nike, if anyone wants to make an options play, like, Nike's still a strong buy. They're doing well. They just had earnings today. Blew up. It's going to continue to blow up. They reach all-time highs, so check that out. But, yeah, in the next segment, we're getting into critical critical thinking. And honestly, we was a little joking in the first segment, but critical thinking, this is going to be a serious topic. We're going to try to keep it light, though, but it's a, lot, it's a lot to unpack in critical thinking because we will get there. Just tune into the next segment. All right, thank you for tuning in. To the podcast segment two, you already know we're getting into it. Critical thinking is very important today in society, you know, because, you know, I don't want to get too serious, you know, but I have to for right now. It's very important in society to understand that you have to think critically about what you're doing because you don't know how that can impact your future life. You have to understand that every situation may not be what it seems. You have to understand that there's multiple angles to each argument. It's not just straight, you know, this is what I think, this is what it is, that's false, that's false, this is wrong, I don't support that, I don't support this, I don't support this person, that person, for this, that, and the third, because you have to actually look at it objectively and say, okay, what is going on here? What is what is the facts? What's not the facts? 
what is the whole situation? And there's not enough um, critical thinking, I feel, in in the generation, I mean, in society today, especially, you know, just watching, like, you know, we were talking about TikTok in the first segment, just watching certain things I see on TikTok, you know, more so many people are so quick to, you know, come to a decision or come to, you know, support one idea or another idea without actually understanding what that idea fully means. So what, what do you think about the whole the whole concept of like this critical thinking and the lack of like really doing research and understanding what you're you know supporting? Yeah, I think, and this might seem like a stretch or like I'm going south here, but at the core of it, mm. Americans we love efficiency. We like the next iPhone, the next PlayStation, the next whatever it is that's gonna make what we do faster. It's gonna streamline it and mm. it's gonna give us more efficiency. And this has affected us in terms of our thinking as well. We want to see a headline, know everything we need to know, and be able to use that to either talk or just have that in our arsenal if need be. And it's got to the point where we're no longer interested with finding more in the sense that that takes too much time. Mm. Digging in for facts, doing our own research, takes way too much time. And we're all busy. We all have stuff to do. So, like, I get it for sure. Right. But the whole premise behind I see a headline and that's what it is, so... X person does Y thing. That's now fact. Whereas if you read it, you would see that perhaps X person did something else. Or the point is, we're so concerned with efficiency that we want the shortest amount of time to get something done. And that's including getting our information. Got you. So when it comes to critical thinking, that's like something that's almost pushed out the window or because it's less efficient in the sense that oh, you want me to actually research something? You want me to, like, go to multiple sources and figure out what's true or not? That takes way too much time. Yeah, and, like, this, the whole idea of, like, like what you just said, like, you see something in front of you, and it's, it's damaging in the fact, because say I'm, I'm on a social media app, right, and I see something, and the first thing I do is, like, wow, I tell you first, and then I dive into it more. That's problematic, because, yes, I might go deeper in, but there's no saying that you will. And that's what I feel like happens in this, like, you know, everybody when you're younger, you played the game telephone with somebody whispering in your ear, you whisper to the next person, and by the time it gets to the last person, it's like some wild stuff. Mm-hmm. It could start off as cognitive PB&J, by the time it's over there, it's like I bombed some country. <laughs> Just because of the way that mm-hmm. the, the game works, when people are not actually delving deep into certain things, mm-hmm. when people are not actually trying to find the facts, and when people are not actually spending the time to do research. And an app where you can literally scroll and just every just keep going and going and going, seeing these short videos, you don't feel the need to actually go and research something. Because it's like, I mean, I watched a 60-second video. Seems like the person presented themselves in a way that they'll know a lot of information. Yeah, they're pretty smart. Okay, cool. I know everything about the situation, which is, is might not be the case. And that's why critical thinking is so important. Because when you get into a room with some real wolves... They critically think, so they'll eat you alive if you're not going to actually dissect what you're talking about. Yeah, no, today's atmosphere does prepare you to be in that situation where you're around people who might not have aligned interests. And, like, with respect to scrolling and, oh, this person is saying something I also agree with, like, Mm. you like the video. This whole idea of, and in our society today, it's, like, clout, right? Mm. So what's going to get me the most clout? Is it going to... Say, is it me saying something that's somewhat unpopular, but it's what I believe in? Or is it me saying something that everyone believes in? Anyone who watches it is going to agree. Oh, I like that. And I'm not damaging my clout. And we'll go into the whole idea of cancel culture later, but it's almost to the point now where you say something that's completely on the wrong side just because you believe in it. 
and we should get to a point where we can listen to other people's opinions, whether they agree with us or not. But it's at the point now where if you're on the wrong side of the coin, you're you're not you you're kicked off. You're like we no longer want to hear what you have to offer. And I feel like this whole you know the I feel like honestly, it might be something a wild proposition to make, but I feel like TikTok honestly indoctrinates people, mm. because for the most part, this kind of like this overarching idea of what is allowed on TikTok, what is going to be the most acceptable thing to say. So nobody really wants to go against the grain. But I would challenge people, like, if you use the app to understand that there's nothing wrong with opposition and there's nothing wrong with resistance. Honestly, it makes people stronger. We were just talking about earlier when someone's working out, you know, your muscles are initially going to resist when you're pulling up the weight. Once you get the weight to the top, it's going to help you get stronger. So if you strongly believe in something, there's nothing wrong with, you know, saying how you feel because Honestly, if your point is wrong, you're going to realize through the opposition. If your point is strong, you're going to be able to defend it very well. So honestly, I feel like in society today, people should really seek resistance, seek opposition, because it's only going to make you a stronger person. And if your points are so valid and so and you're so passionate about it, you should be able to defend it. If you can't defend it well enough that somebody could create an argument that attacks it and really destroys your point, it was never a strong enough point to begin with. But people run mm-hmm. so much from that, that type of opposition. Absolutely. But that goes back to exactly what I was saying before. It's like I say something and then you say something that agrees with it. Mm-hmm. Now we're on the same page. That's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Versus I say something, you disagree with it. Now I have to bring a counter to why I feel this way. I'm wondering why you think that way. It's so much longer of a process that we've completely thrown efficiency out the window. And now we're using more time to, one, do some better understand each other's opinions, which is actually important. But at the core of it, we're using more time in general, which people just seem to not want to do anymore. We want to see a video that makes us laugh in a couple seconds, scroll to the next one, and completely forget about it. I it's like... Anything that is actually, I think there's like this uh, uh, survey done or study done that shows like adults' attention span is getting closer to that of a fish, which is like very, that's extremely short. And that's very problematic in the sense that we want to see something, digest it, and move on to the next. And it's just crazy because that has implications across everything that we do in terms of our political space, our social media space. It's like, Mm. we don't want to hear the other side opinion. We just want to hear if it agrees with, with what we think. Right, right. And I, I feel like that's very important, too, And when you're really trying to just dissect this this argument and what it means. is like more, most people don't really understand the importance of, of research, and that's really what it just comes down to. Because if your attention span is low, you're not going to want to research because mm. research takes time. It takes time for you to fully dive into an argument. It takes time for you to fully understand what's going on in a specific situation. And the average person is not going to want to say, like, let me sit down for 10 minutes and just research what I saw on a TikTok video. Because mm-hmm. why, why? When I could just go to the next TikTok video. It doesn't make any sense. I know s- all the information. Let me say one last thing about the whole uh, efficient idea. Like, I think we got to the point where we're so used to things that we're so attracted to things that make us as comfortable as possible. As we should be, that makes sense like intuitively. But at the same time, we don't want to ever be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And also, speaking against someone who disagrees with you is uncomfortable. So when you're put in a situation like that, it's almost easier to immediately close out anything you're saying. It's like, all right, now let me label you as this because that's easier for me versus let me hear what you have to say and try Mm -hmm. and figure out why you think that. And maybe I have something that I can improve upon in my own opinion, but that's also the long route. 
Nah, for sure, for sure. We definitely, I want to really get into cancel culture, but one second, because I'm seeing something pop up on the camera that I want to check out. We're going to get into cancel culture in one second. We're back in, back in action. So now we're going to talk about this whole idea of should teenagers be able to, should teenagers be more critical of the idea of what they post on social media? Basically, the whole premise is right now, in my personal opinion, People post certain things on social media without understanding the complete repercussions of their actions. For example, someone would just throw something up on social media, whether it's a dance, certain sound, mm. or some type of vibe, that potentially somebody who is their employer would see this and say, this is questionable. Like This is the type of person that I want in my organization. But the average person who's posting is just like, this is what I like. I'm young, I'm 17, but have we seen right now in society, there's people digging into people's past from like when they were super young, like 12. Like you were 12 and you push somebody against a locker, you're a horrible person. And it comes down to the whole idea of critical thinking on that aspect too. But my question on this whole idea is, should people in society right now and teenagers specifically who are using apps like TikTok be more critical you know, thinking about what they post on these apps. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it goes without question. Anyone watching this, I'm sure would agree. They definitely should be mm. more critical. But, I mean, I when I was younger, there's definitely things I would do that would have implications for my future that I wasn't as concerned with. There are things I do now that probably... I mean, it's just there's always things that we do in hindsight when you look back, you're like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And like, that's that's just innate to being a human. Like, we make mistakes. But specifically with this whole TikTok thing going on, there's like a trend that comes out. Girls do a certain type of dance or like a certain pose or whatever it may be. There is a level of, sure, this is enjoyable for the viewer. Obviously, if TikTok, you want to get views, likes, and it might blow up. But at the same time, think about it on a slightly deeper level it's like what implications does this video have so like i mean the wop was fine like that, that that's just one example that's one of the most popular ones but at the same time if you an employer did see that is that somebody they want to hire and i don't want to uh uh insult anyone who's done done that specific dance but it it does bring a very interesting question to like are these trends going to have a negative impact on down the future generation? I mean we're gonna we're getting to a point where right now there's so many users, so many people following trends, it's like that's what TikTok is, a new trend comes out, everyone hops on the wave, you blow up, you blow up. But in ten to fifteen years or so, you might say something that doesn't necessarily disagree with what you did before, but it just doesn't necessarily align and that can now be used as fire and we've seen that with the whole cancel culture it's like things are constantly changing uh gay marriage wasn't accepted to like 2008 2000 i actually don't know or somewhere around that time maybe it was 2013 mm. regardless i think kevin hart actually got into a little bit of heat because he said something that can be seen as slightly homophobic as many, a joke too i just want to highlight yeah. many and he's a comedian too so someone he's is doing his job really for getting into it yeah, absolutely but the point is, like, things are constantly changing. Something that might be okay now may not be okay in 10 to 15 years or so, yet can still be used to absolutely ruin or, in today's age, cancel you. Yeah, yeah. And we definitely going to get into cancel culture, but you have to really understand, like, from a holistic view. And I feel like more people, like, before you post 
something on, on social media is that, well, I'm going to speak for me and how I think about certain things. It's like, how would somebody perceive the message that what I'm posting is saying? Mm. Like, not necessarily to say, like, it's right or wrong, but just to say, like, what message exactly does this convey? So, for example, like, just to go back on the idea of TikTok, if I'm posting something that has high sexual implications, is this something that I feel like represents who I am as a person mm. and something that I'm comfortable to post on a social media site? If an employer saw something that had a high sexual implication and it's a professional environment that for right now, I'm not noticing going to say in the future, but right now in a professional environment, that's something that would be deemed as inappropriate. Is that something that I would want to represent me? Something that you can clearly view a video and say like, yeah, this video has high sexual implications. Mm. They're definitely trying to imply something that would be inappropriate for a work environment. Therefore, this person would not be the best person for a job. It, no, it's it's tough, too, because when you see so many of these videos, like scroll one, scroll two more times, there's another one. Same mm. exact song, same exact poses or whatever. Mm. It's like, obviously, as a viewer, I enjoy looking at this content, but at the mm. same time, it's like, if I were this person and I were to think about those implications, where does that lead me? Do I still pose this thing? Or is that what TikTok is for? It's like... Should I not care about it? It's like we have this wide array of people doing the same exact thing as me. Like these type of things are acceptable. Is it to push this uh, kind of more tolerant sense of like these acts are okay? Maybe the time we live in, we're talking about how things will change. Mm. Maybe those things won't be viewed upon as sexual. At the end of the day, they are just dances or poses. But at the same time, it's like, how I don't think that question goes through the person's heads when they when, when they upload it. It's like, what is my future employer? What is that person saying? I remember when I made a Facebook when I was thirteen. I was told not to put like X, Y, and Z because mm -hmm. of this exact thing. And at thirteen, I couldn't fathom anything negative that could come from it. I just want to talk to my friends. Everyone else had it. But looking back in hindsight, I can see. So is it maybe that teenagers just aren't capable? Whether it's like whether you're not developed enough or I'm not saying I'm above one person or another regardless of age, but is it possible that these type of questions just aren't even running through their heads at all? I feel like it's just this level of like this invincible like complex, which I feel like is touched on a lot, you know, specifically with young people and people, you know, in our age, our age range, maybe a little bit younger than the age we are right now. It's just the idea, like, nothing could happen to me. Like, I could do whatever Absolutely. I want. Yeah, yeah. For example, like, somebody right now, some things you might do, they might not affect you right now, but in the future, they could affect you. And certain things like that, it's like, I'm invincible. Like, I'm young. Nothing's going to happen to me. Look at me. I'm strong. Mm. I can do all these things. And I feel like the same thing translates to something like a social media site. So you would think, like, what can happen? Like, this is how I feel. This is what this is who I am. This is what I, I you know, I represent right now. Mm. And you do certain things. Like, for example, I, I literally deleted my whole Twitter account and created a whole new Twitter because I had some things I'll that today, yeah, today, fine. right now, would not be socially acceptable. I'm not that's saying fine. I was on some wild timing. It's just certain things that, like, me personally, who I am now, I don't feel comfortable. And I don't think that some of the things that I said back then represent who I am today. So for that purpose, I deleted it. But that's now how I look at certain things. Like, in 10 years from now, if I was to see the same exact thing, what I feel like it represents who I am. And I feel like it's just this idea of like fads and trends that we currently use where people do certain things because it represents their current thinking, 
but the average person posted something on the social media site, it's not going to think about in the future. Mm. Is this truly who I am? Or is it just right now in this situation? This is what I like, what I think is cool. Yeah, no, I think you bring up an interesting point. I think trends are are dying. Like, they, they exist to die. It's a trend. Mm. But things like tradition are long-lasting. Mm. So with respect to what we're talking about, morals would be the traditions in that example so like does this align my morals right. but at the same time there are dances that don't they it might not go against morals i see the videos of a girl doing one trend and mm. then a girl doing the exact same trend but she's using satire to show why that trend is wrong so it'd be like the start of the video is the same but towards the end the second girl that i'm talking about who's using the the trend of satire is saying like Oh, but my boyfriend would would say I'm not doing this because I have a certain amount of respect for this, that, or that. So I don't know. It's tough. It's like that wasn't the best example, but no, no. I feel like that was a very, very you know, um, good example in terms of understanding the the whole premise of it. Because there's people who I say understand the concept of what I do right now can have effects on what happens in the future like I'm, i remember there's like a trend that was going crazy and there's like a whole bunch of videos i've seen where there were people that were like oh i would kill this trend but i want to be a doctor yeah. or, i would kill this trend but i want to have a career in politics or i'll kill this trend because i want to be a lawyer and i feel like those people just critically understand like the, the concept of something that happens today might not represent who you are and in the future it might not align with the morals that you will have in the future the, not the morals that you will have but the morals of society what it could be in the future no absolutely and that goes to another thing like it's important to live in the moment but mm -hmm. at the same time it's also to, important to have some sense of direction on where you're going mm -hmm. and if you don't you can't even you're not even able to to, to say things like that mm -hmm. so like maybe you want to be a doctor in five years if you're not even able to ponder about your life past this given moment mm -hmm. then you're not going to be in a situation where you're like maybe i shouldn't do this because you're just going with the trend. Like, you're just going with what's in at the moment. So, no, absolutely, you bring up a good point. And that does go back to the idea of critical thinking. Sometimes you just need to self-reflect. And, like, this is where I am now. Where do I want to be in five years? And that won't be exactly where you are. But in any interview, that's a question they ask. Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Just because they want to see what's going on in your head in terms of this where you are now. What's... What's a like-minded scenario in five years? And it's something we do all the time. It's like, what's, what does our lives look like in five years? And it kind of just reflects mm -hmm. our own mindset now and the things that we either know we need to change or do. or It, it essentially just sets a, a base ground, a framework for us to move forward. And if you don't have that, then you're going to be more susceptible to do any trend that comes out. Right. I have a question first. This is like completely off topic, so forgive me. Did we do reason and rhetoric at Harlem Academy? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure before I make this point. And I just feel like with certain things, like it could be just the way like our educational background is. And the average person, like honestly, to a certain level of degree, I would say that we, we've had opportunities that the average person wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, for like the whole concept of like a reason and rhetoric, we were taught that in what eighth grade, yeah, and yeah. we were taught the idea of having a reason and reasoning certain decisions, and you know, making sure that you can articulate your point rhetoric, making sure that you can clearly articulate how you feel in a certain situation. And I'm gonna use this transition into the whole idea of cancel culture, but the the whole idea of like actually I'm gonna actually transition into cancel culture. The whole idea of like I saw something online 
and it doesn't align with something that I f believe to be true or something that should be broadcasted. So this person should no longer be able to to speak how they feel, mm. which I feel like is personally damaging. I, I get the opposite point where it's like, oh, some people are going to be negatively affected by some of the things that people are saying. It might be deemed as offensive. But if your whole idea is that everybody should be able to live their truths and somebody should be able to say whatever they say, regardless of what it is, and then the whole idea of cancel culture doesn't really make much sense to me, especially when we go into the idea that most people are probably not going to think critically about a certain situation. They're just going to see the 60 seconds of it and be able to derive what the meaning of that video was without understanding that it could have been a joke. It could have been something that somebody's just doing as a piece of content they're testing. And that piece of content that you see might not actually fully show the content of that person's character. It mm -hmm. might just be a, literally a video that they thought was funny to them, but you don't see it as funny. But then I feel like cancel culture just kind of demonizes certain people for posting videos without understanding who that person is. And me personally, the way I view certain things, is I, I can never come to a full dislike or liking of a person unless I've actually met them in person because I already know how social media works. There's people who literally admit like, yeah, I do this for social media because I know it's going to help me get more clout. So if that's the whole society that I feel like we're living in today, I, f I feel very uncomfortable with saying that I don't like somebody just because they post on social media because you could very well meet that person and they could be literally the opposite of what you thought they was. Mm. Like, for example, A Boogie said, like, everybody sees that I post all these things on social media, but they, they feel to realize I'm actually a pretty smart guy. But until they meet me in person and I start talking to them, they say, oh, wow. I'm actually pretty like you said, a book is actually pretty intellectual, but you would never know that you meet somebody in person. So, especially when it comes to social media, I feel like more people should need to understand that you shouldn't be so quick to judge and understand what you're really pushing for. Like if you're pushing for somebody to get canceled that has like a large following, I'm not saying that they should continue to indoctrinate their audience, but at the same time, you should understand that sometimes in those situations, there's financial repercussions. And I feel like most people don't see that. Like, if somebody has a platform you're trying to take it away from them, they're probably living or making a decent amount of money off their platform, especially if it's large. So why, if you're thinking critically about a situation, why don't you say, yes, they, they said something that was offensive, but if I was to take away this person's platform, they might not be able to live the life they live today. They might mm. be in a bad financial situation. I don't, I don't, I never got that. I never will. It's just weird to me. Yeah, nah. I mean, it's, it's tough, too. Because I think that's just where social media is taking us. It's like it's making it easier for us to be able to cancel someone. So like, ex celebrity uploads something, caption is something that's outrageous, something I don't agree with. It's it's easy to be with me and my boys. We look at the picture and we're like, "Yo, get him out of here!" Like, "Oh, mm -hmm. I don't want to worry. I don't. I'm not following this guy. I know how he thinks now. Like, this got it's evil to <laughs> it's easy to cast them into this subcategory of people versus like." articulate why he may have done this this and that or why exactly what he said if i did a little bit more research maybe i could figure out like the hypothesis came to or whatever conclusion he came to it's it's almost just easier to cast people aside without mm. without uh giving a second thought and i think social media is just enabling us to do so easier with tiktok you have 60 seconds maximum to make a point. Mm. And and really, within the first 5 to 10 seconds, you have the time to make me stay and not scroll away. Mm. And if you don't do that, you're gone. And if you do do that, I'm going to keep listening until you stop making me want to listen. So it's like you want to capture that interest, you want to keep me there, and you want to be as relatable as possible. So people are going to align to the majority. People are going to... Uh, mm. 
not only do that, but also say things that's like, okay, I agree with this, A, and B, this is what I want to hear. And then on top of that, if you're not doing all those things, I'm listening five seconds, okay? Hmm. Ten seconds in, I'm like, yeah, this guy's this guy's talking nonsense. Fifteen seconds in, is like, oh, now he's being absurd. I, hmm. I don't want to hear any of this anymore. And if in those 15 seconds, not only did you make me want to scroll away, but you also made me get to the point where it's like, you're, not you're repulsed canceled. by the person. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm repulsed in a sense. It's like, cancel them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost easier to get to that point. And I think in a democracy, maybe I'm going too far, but in a democracy where it's like, it's a, the land of the majority, the majority wins. It's like, this is what the people think, right? If you're way outside of that, and then on top of that, you're also saying things that is just repulsively like, like Alex Jones was just banned from society, bro. I remember, mm-hmm. I, I, I think it was last year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Apple, YouTube. Alex he Jones? Was, bro, this dude was banned off of every platform. This guy right here? Bro. <laughs> <laughs> this guy right here. This dude was bland, banned Man. off of every platform at once. Literally, every major platform, Spotify, YouTube, Every single one, they were like, yeah, get him out of here. Because everything he was saying was not only in the minority, but it was repulsively just, it was just way out there. I'm not going to say whether it was correct or incorrect. I'm not going to voice my own opinion. The point was, like, with respect to majority and minority, what this dude was saying was not even close to majority. In fact, it was actually the polar opposite. (laughs) And, like, I don't know, it's tough, too, because I don't personally feel that just because someone is saying things that you don't agree with, even if they're, it's absolutely repulsive, they should be banned. Like, they, their freedom of speech should be taken away. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, the society we live in, it's, if, you just, if you're able to cancel anyone who doesn't agree with you, and then on top of that, completely ban them from every platform, it's like... We can no longer reach new levels of discussion. If we only live in a society where people are agreeing with one another, you're saying the same thing. I'm saying the things you're saying. We're going to obviously keep reaching the same conclusions. How do we reach difference uh, or a new idea from there? Mm. It's just tough. It's just tough. No, nah, I, com- I completely agree with everything you just said, especially, I mean, just talking about the actual situation, like, if it's ever a situation where somebody has, like, the least support, I'm increasingly more curious of why they don't. And I'll look into it more. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe a little likelihood that I might actually support them in the fact that I just like to back people who don't have support. It's like, if somebody is somebody's like, cancel this person, I'm going to do every ounce of research I possibly can to understand why this person was canceled, why everybody's against them. Is there any truth in what they have to be saying? And I feel like most of the times when I do that, because now I'm intentionally taken to that level where I'm mm-hmm. going to be critical about it, I could find that. Yeah, there's actually some truth, so there's actually some legitimacy, no matter how they might have articulated it, which is often the problem in their argument that I can actually get behind. But the most most people when they see certain things, if people are getting canceled, you're gonna only look at what's at the surface level. And one, you by saying that, you're like, okay, everybody's already against them. Two, in this video, I'm against them, so yeah, it's over. And at that point, I feel like that's how cancel culture has started. But it definitely needs to be more focused. And I'm just talking on the idea of like a majority, I think you made a point. You might have made it earlier in this podcast, or when we we're talking off camera, when you said that there's two, there are people who like literally they have a view that might not align with the majority, but they will tailor their view to align with the majority because this idea of clout, 
which is not only damaging from like a self like awareness level because you're not being who you are but secondly you're also portraying yourself to an audience of people who you could potentially have influence over with ideology that you might actually not believe in which is actually equally as damaging because now you're not yourself Mm -hmm. you have a whole audience of people who are believing something that you actually don't believe in all for this idea of clout and clout from the beginning of time since the word clout has been um very introduced recent, into very our society recent. yeah recently it's always been damaging like if you're doing something just for the public acceptance you're never going to be able to be happy i personally say and i feel like most people who do things for clout end up in a state of depression and it's unfortunate but you have to live your own truth to be successful in life Nah, and i'm gonna i'm actually get a little bit close to the mic to say this exact point it's like we do live in a society of clout right now in a sense that you want rep you want mm-hmm. obviously fame popularity we see all these celebrities doing things and that's they live on somewhat of a pedestal and that's almost uh something to to strive for but at Mm. the same time we've had a disregard or lack of interest for people who are able to speak their truths and also be able to argue argue their points with respect to what they believe so we've shifted from what do you know and how can you either convince me to believe what you know and explain to me your point to just oh you have this many people following you let's let me hop on that train and it's it's almost to the point where and this is why i got close to the mic it's like i have no problem saying things that i fully believe in and fully express in my own opinion because i know although it may not be popular now although it may not achieve clout now in the future i know we will eventually shift although i'm I'm somewhat ashamed of where we've gone at the moment where Everything at the moment is just the majority. It's like we've shifted to whatever the most people believe or whatever is the most relatable. That's the most, that's literally the thing that grants the most uh, attention. One day we will shift to, and it will be soon. I don't know when, but it's going to be actually, what do you know? Explain. Oh, you don't, let me challenge you on that belief that you have. And now that I've challenged you and you're not able to defend it, then... It's over at that point. You lost that argument. It's either over or you're going to go home, figure it out, do more research on your own, and and now it's going to be the battle of the minds. Like, Mm. intelligence should be way more of importance. And it's not even just intelligence, actually. It's just uh, due diligence. Like, your ability to actually look stuff up. And we'll get to that point eventually, but at 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 the current time now, it's like, that's not where we are, and it's just... A, a game of who can garner the most attention, and it's kind of saddening. Yeah, and I'll even say, like, it's, it's very, the society we live in right now, you're very discouraged to speak how you feel, and most people who I've come across on whatever social media platform have found a creative way to express how they feel in a way that is majority accepted, which if they had the opportunity to express it fully how they wanted to, they probably would have articulated a better way or in a more blunt way, I would say. For example, like if someone has a belief about, you know, whether, you know, um, like let's go about processed foods or something like that, right? Someone has a belief about whether processed food should be sold in stores. They might come from it as an angle as like, um, you know, processed foods are cool, but, you know, we definitely have to focus more on the vegan aspect of certain things right now. They, they completely have taken a side where they brought up their point 
in a way, but they have watered it down so that they can have societal approval, which I don't think is, is actually beneficial for society because, you know, like we said, I believe earlier in this podcast, the whole idea of opposition, there's nothing wrong with someone who doesn't agree with you. And as, as the best way that we could drill that is just saying, there is nothing wrong with someone who does not agree with you. Just be willing to have that conversation. And if you're not willing to have that conversation, question the, the side that you're taking. Because me personally, if I'm going to say, yo, this is what I support, I'm already taking the stance of like, yo, anybody who has an opposing opinion, I'm willing to accept it and understand what it is because I'm going to defend my point to the best of my ability. And that's what I feel society needs to get to. But most people understand that their point might not be as solid, but there's so much people who believe the same thing as them that they don't feel the need mm -hmm. for it to mm -hmm. be solid. Absolutely. Because there's so many people supporting me. Like the whole example of this, right? If you're walking the street by yourself and somebody, and you get into a situation, you're probably going to be more willing to just let the situation die down. Now, if you have 10 of your bros with you, you might get a little more rowdy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because you have so much support. And that's how I think about people who are on the majority side. If the majority of people agree with what you're saying, you're going to be more willing to just say whatever or just do whatever because mm -hmm. you already know this, this, that the support is there. If you're the only person on your side, you have to really be tough and sound in what you're saying or what you're doing to say, listen, I'm by myself. It's all these guys here, but I'm standing up for this because I, I, I really don't care and I can defend myself. And it's, you really have to be tough in this society. No, I mean, you, yeah, I couldn't have said it better than that. There's honestly not really much more I could have added to that. No, I appreciate that, bro. Because it's, it's just true. And it's like, I just, every time on, on TikTok, it just, it just really gets me upset just to see, like, how surface level someone would take an argument. It's mm. like, you're really going to argue without, you can't have a sound argument to me unless you have fully presented points that the opposition would make. Because that's what people, I feel like, in just general reasoning don't do. People will just say, like, listen, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, right? But you have not said anything that someone could combat on your personal opinion. Mm. So it's like, if I was to make an argument and say I said, oh, like, I don't like this, right? I would, want, I would say in that argument first, I'll be like, I don't like this because of this, these three reasons. I understand that anybody who was on the opposite side of this argument would say that mm. they don't support it because of this, they don't support it because of that, and that the argument is flawed. But my premise on this whole thing is that the best way to handle the situation is to do this. That's why you, you construct a strong argument, especially in this cancel culture society. You have to Anybody, if you're going to stand for something that's not in the majority, I commend you, honestly. I have a lot of respect for you because it takes a lot of guts to say, like, I know that the average person in today's society is not going to agree with me, but I'm going to take my stance and I'm going to I'm gonna stand on it. And anybody who has an opposing opinion, you know, bring it. And I, I literally see in comments, like, people who create TikToks, they will say, like, oh, listen... They'll, they'll say whatever they say, you know, they might say something that's against the majority. And in the comments, the first comment is the creator saying, listen, I know that my view might not be correct, but this is how I feel. And I welcome anybody mm. who has an opposing opinion. Mm. As soon as you say that, my respect for you has gone up immensely. Because you already accepted the fact that opposition is going to come my way, but I'm not running. Like, I want it. Yeah, no. I, the only thing I could wish for is not that, obviously, there's always going to be a majority and minority. But it's just that people listen to the... To the other side. I mean, for sure, for sure. you're going to have your own opinion. You can do research. Maybe your opinion shifts. But at the end of the day, if people are open to other people's opinion, we're going we're gonna to be in a better place in the long term. Whether that's on an individual level or, or that's on a political level, 
at the end of the day, if you're able to listen to the other side and, and actually be able to just understand that someone has your own feeling. I mean, I, I don't even feel the most comfortable sharing this example, but I remember back in 2016, during the election, I was a freshman year of college, and I'm in the library, and there were people crying in the library after the election results came out. And I get it. Oh, there's there's about to be turmoil. At the time, it's like there's about to be turmoil for the next four years or whatever. But at the same time, it's like you have tests. I have tests. We're on an individual level. Are you gonna really let this entire atmosphere of things that perhaps didn't agree with what you thought really affect your livelihood? And I, that's somewhat hard to articulate. But it's just like. It's just like if you were slightly, open, I don't know. It, it, it's no, hard to I get. Into. I don't want to. Because like the idea of like you have stuff that you have to do, but you have you have allowed this to affect your life so much. And if it's affecting your life so much, isn't there something you could potentially do, in, in an objective standpoint to fix it? And also, when you were just talking, it just something popped in my mind. It's like the whole idea. I feel like most people in society today would agree with the fact that diversity of thought is very important. Like, people say, like, campuses need to be more diverse. Mm. Work environments need to be more diverse. Mm. So why can't society in general be, be more diverse when it comes to thought? Understandably. Because if the whole idea of diversity is just to have, you know, more representation, mm. okay. any idea okay. should be able to have representation in any situation that it deserves for there to be enough, meaning, like, you know, meaningful discussions on certain topics. I'm saying, yes, there are people out there that have some very wild beliefs and yes, it might need to be corrected, but I wouldn't say that you need to demonize the person, one. And two, just take that step and say, listen, what you're saying is very offensive to certain people, and I don't like it, but I'm willing to hear hear out why you have that opinion. Yeah, no, that's the biggest thing inside, like, the demonization of the other side. Maybe it's something that's uh, innate to, like, the human archetype, whether it's, like, the Bible with uh, God and the devil or, like, this whole thing of good and evil or the yin yang sign of like the balance of good versus bad but we're very quick to to quickly demonize the other side or like create the nemesis like to the hero and like just create these polar opposites i mean you even have the north pole and the south pole something as simple as that it it might be uh exemplary of all of those uh examples i just listed but at the end of the day we have to realize that is the middle ground every spectrum whether left or right in our own political environment every spectrum has a middle and our ability to be able to at least listen to the other side is going to get us closer to that middle whether we agree with the polar opposite or not the middle is gonna uh from a utilitarian standpoint get us to the most people who are okay with the outcome so i brought the example of good and evil like God versus devil, and many people bring up, like, Trump is saying, or, like, back in the day with, for uh, Republicans who saw Obama as evil. The point is, like, there's always going to be a middle ground in this political atmosphere we've entered. It doesn't allow for that, and that's just not okay, because it doesn't allow for us to move into a more uh uh society that that's accepting for both people we're we're you can see in today's atmosphere like we're we're in a, a strict divide and mm-hmm. there are a lot of issues that need to be addressed a lot of things that aren't being addressed that need to but at the end of the day this extreme polar opposites doesn't work and the best 
option no matter what is being able to listen to both sides and not demonize the opposition. Yeah, and um, honestly, I'm going to try to create like some type of TikTok rendition to what I'm about to say. Mm. Is this guy, um, it was a black guy, and what he did was he scheduled a meeting with the leader of the KKK. Mm. And he went into the meeting, and he actually became friends with the leader of the KKK. And they were able to both accept the fact that they don't have the same views, but they were able to respect the, each other as humans and say, like, listen, you don't feel the same way I feel. I don't feel the same way you feel about certain topics. But I can understand that there's, some, you know, we have certain type of, you know, there's certain common ground between the two of us that we can have certain conversations and respect. And I have a lot of respect for that guy that even went into that situation because I feel like he gets it 100%. That, you know, people say all the time, like, if you and your enemy spend time in the room together, you'll realize you have more in common than you actually have different than each other. But nobody's willing to take that time. And society is just come at this point where there's more, you know, separation. But if somebody would say, listen, I saw you post this. I saw you, you know, feel strongly about this point. I'm on the opposite spectrum, but I would like to hear why you feel how you feel if you allow me the time to say why I feel how I feel. At that point, you're going to reach the optimal level of success. That's literally how everything works in, in society. Even we talk about business all the time. When it comes to data, when it comes to testing, they find literally the optimal result because they're willing to test a lot of things and see like, yo, I'm going to test this, I'm going to test this, I'm going to test that. I'm going to see how this weighs against this. I'm going to see how this weighs against that. If we had the same mindset as people to say, listen, I'm going to test my opinion against yours, whichever one seems to have the better outcome, we can then have the optimal way to approach the situation. No, definitely, definitely. I mean, you, you said it perfectly there. It's just crazy to me. And, like, it's just, I just feel like people, like, the root of the whole thing we've been talking about right now, I know we said a lot, it's definitely a lot that if you need to rewind, rewind, and really just let this just get in your head because it's very important. But critical thinking is the most important thing that everyone in society needs to be focused on. Like, just really taking the time to do the research, taking the time to understand what the opposite person has to say. And, and I know we sound repetitive, but it's just the fact that we just really want to drill in the point that, like, you have to think. And it's like you said earlier, like, it's crazy how you would, somebody would laugh at you because you want to challenge them to think. But it's like, you literally have to think because how are you going to be inside without thinking? No, honestly. And, like, we're about to wrap it up here. And, like, just at the end of the day, just know, like, we're, we're just like you. Like, we're just regular people. Like, sure. although we might hop on a camera and, like, voice out these opinions or that may seem somewhat perhaps goody two-shoes, we're not necessarily trying to be, like, we're not trying to, like, preach to the choir things that we don't do ourselves or that exactly. things that we don't do. It's more so, like, things that we know for a fact are better for society evolved. If no one comes to the foreground at the end of the day then like we're gonna be left staying where we are and like society won't move on so the point i'm trying to say is like the only thing we're we're trying to come at you from the, like this pedestal we're, we're essentially saying like it's it is important to think not that we don't all do that on a daily basis but sometimes it's important to challenge things you hear even things that you agree with and make sure you Try and step outside your bubble every once in a while. If you go back into it, that's fine. But at least you made the step outwards. I can't really formulate outside that point, but nah, I feel like I feel like we hit on souls. I feel like at this point, we we literally repeated the the, the point a lot of times. If at this point that if someone's not willing to to say like, listen, this is the step I want to take, mm. then it, it just is what it is. But I'm I'm gonna you know, just wrap up. I'm gonna say I have complete faith. In society, I have complete faith that people are going to get to a point where we can have open discussion about certain we'll things. See. 
And I hope that we can even transform this platform, you know, as much as we focus on business, even even into a platform where we can bring on people who have a diverse thoughts and diverse ideas so we can have those conversations that I feel like would be very important to society. Absolutely. I'd be excited to invite people who didn't agree with me. But yeah, this is going to wrap up the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe to the channel on YouTube. We probably should set that early in the episode because I guarantee most people didn't make it. If you made it to the end of the episode, <laughs> you're really a beast. You really care about, you know, what's going on. You really care about critical thinking. Keep on thinking critically. Keep on doing what you got to do. And we're going to wrap up this episode. We're out.